Hello, welcome in. You are listening to Builder vs. Buyer, episode 16. This is a podcast that's dedicated to, in some little way, trying to make the home building industry a little bit better through advice and education for both builders and buyers. Today, we have a little bit more builder-centric a podcast, but I think if you're a home buyer, there's going to be a lot of great info for you here as well. I have Carol Smith on, and apart from my dad, I don't think I've learned anything more from anyone in the industry than her. Her information is excellent. We had her out as a consultant at one of the companies I was working at and just really, really helpful information, um, especially for those you're a small builder looking to grow or looking to start up um, or just want to get your process better. There's a lot of helpful information here today in the podcast, but please go the step further. Reach out to her. Um, if you like this information, get in touch. She is awesome. Can't speak highly enough of her. One last note. I do want to apologize for whatever reason, there was an echo in my microphone. Please find a way to get past that and get to the content. The content is great. Without further ado, here is my talk with Carol. All right. Welcome in. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm here with Carol Smith. And if you don't know her name, you should. Um, she is a customer relations consultant specializing in the home building industry. Um, when I was a young kid in the industry, she came to our local home builders association to give a talk on client relations. And I learned so, so much from that talk. I was working for my dad's company at the time and we, we felt like, okay, we need to have Carol back. Um, fly her in for a day because she has so much great knowledge for this industry and home builders. Um, so yeah, it's my pleasure to introduce Carol. Carol, thank you so much for coming on and I hope we can get some helpful info for our listeners here. I am delighted to join you. I'll be happy to provide whatever kind of answers and help I can. Um, great, great. So to start off, one of the things I still quote this to people um, you said in the talk in that Home, home Builders Association, um, you shared a slide with a quote on it that said, we don't know who discovered water, but it wasn't a fish. A, a flying? <laughs> do you remember that? I certainly do. It's one of my all-time favorites. <laughs> so I think your point was we as home builders have a very, very hard time seeing outside of our bubble, outside of our box, and to what, what our clients are seeing, what other people are seeing of us. I, ask, I say that to ask, what are, what are some things, what are the biggest things you see from builders that they're having a hard time seeing outside their bubble? One of the first ones is certainly the schedule for getting the home completed. Builders understand absolutely without any question or doubt why delays happen, weather delays, trade contractor issues, material uh, problems, and so on. But the homeowners aren't familiar with all of that. They haven't been through it, so they don't have a lot of empathy for it. Builders simply need to take a little bit more time to explain how all that works to the buyers. The other issue that I think uh, comes up again and again is the issue of quality. Uh, buyer goes through a builder's model and looks at the furniture and the window coverings and falls in love with the floor plan, they're not looking closely for things like carpet seams and a little ding in the woodwork somewhere and place where the texture on the drywall isn't exactly even with the rest of it. Uh, again, we need to take the homeowner through the model, show them the details, get them to really look closely at the quality so they know what they're buying. If we do that, they'll be more likely to be satisfied later. That's great. That's great. And then jumping back um, 
to your first point regarding schedule, what's your policy or what should a builder's policy be on communicating schedule? How often do you communicate to the client? I like to update the client every couple of weeks. I think if a builder has his website set up so that each home buyer has access to information about his particular home and they can see cabinets were delivered today or we got two feet of snow, framers can't start work or whatever's going on, they, they sort of see the journal or the dialogue going back and forth between the staff and the trades and, and the homeowner can keep an eye on that and stay updated. Failing that, I think just a phone call or a quick email to let them know what's happening. Uh, we expected your carpet to be delivered. It's a, a beautiful color, but it is a bit unusual, and the manufacturer didn't have enough of it in stock, and so we've been delayed. And yeah, we'll let you know when we get it. That that type of thing goes a long way. Yeah, it really does. I feel like the times that clients have been most upset in a building process have been times where they felt like they couldn't get a hold of anyone or couldn't get it communicated back to, couldn't get an answer. Um, so yeah, I, I would totally agree with what Carol said. Um, yeah, just make sure and consistently communicate to your clients. Um, one thing we're kind of going to jump around here a lot on the building process. I do want to finish up with warranty because you have a lot of great things to help in that. But one thing that really stuck out to me in your course content, you sent that over a couple of weeks back. Um, you noted Educating the client on the benefits and separating the design process from the construction process. What what would you say as a builder? What are you educating your builders on um, to help them parse that out, help them explain that to clients? I think particularly if a company represents themselves as custom builders or even semi-custom builders, separating those two parts is critical because the design process takes longer if you do more customization. And so what I have suggested to my clients is divide your homeowner guide into two volumes. Volume one is the design experience. Volume two is the construction and delivery experience. And when you do that, the, sep the physical separation of the tangible information helps the customer see it in two different parts. And you can put more detail into two volumes than you can one. It's easier for the customer to carry around one volume at a time. And your personnel can refer to it off and on through each step in the process. So that seems to help just right there. And then ongoing communication with the customer about we, we're not going to start your house until we're finished designing it because we want to order all the materials and have everything show up on time. And so we want to complete your selections and complete changes to the floor plan before we get going. Right. And I think I felt like there were plenty of times when the client felt like it was a bad thing that we were telling them your selections have to be done before we can start ordering, can start the build process. Like we wanted to close that chapter before moving on to the build. And clients felt like that was a bad thing. Like they were getting a lesser, lesser process because we were selecting early. They wanted to select the tile in their bathroom after the home was framed and be able to walk through the house and really look at those items. Um, what would you say, why do you think it's, it's better for the clients to do it this way as well? I think one of our goals is to minimize change requests because they cost more money, they take more time. And if my client doesn't order his tile until we're partway through framing and he picks a tile that is coming on a ship from Italy 
-hmm. I may sit with that house and not be able to do anything with it until that tile shows up. And that's discouraging for everyone involved. So if I, I think each client's a little bit different, and we can certainly work around individual needs and personalities. But the general program, ideally, is to get as many decisions made early as possible so we can anticipate and see what we're dealing with in terms of scheduling and getting the trades to show up. If we have to tell the tile setter that he can't set the tile because we don't have it yet, he's going to go start another job and he may be tied up for six weeks. And then we're waiting again because of that. So it's all of those unanticipated surprises. If we explain that to the customer up front, they at least understand the risk of postponing choices. That's great. That's great. So who would be explaining this to the client? Do you think that's the sales agent before signing contract? I really like to have the construction people talk to the client about this kind of thing because they they speak with more authority about the day-to-day mm, yeah. nuances of putting the house together. And when a construction superintendent looks a customer straight in the eye across the table at a pre-construction meeting and says, here's why we've asked you to make your choices early, customer is going to believe that and embrace it. The sales folks don't have that level of experience, that depth of experience. They don't have those examples to draw on as readily as a superintendent does. That's great. That's really great info. Um, okay, switching gears, let's fast forward to the end. Um, the warranty section, the customer care. Um, this is one of those areas that often falls off the table um, with a lot of builders. They can build a great home, um, have a great process, and then there's just not as much documented on the warranty side or not as much. It, it seems to fall off at times. What what suggestions do you have just starting a core process for warranty? What should a builder be looking at? I think the first thing is to educate the salespeople and the construction people about the importance of warranty for long-term referrals. Warranty service determines how many referrals a builder gets. In fact, Alliance Surveys out of California tells us that 90% of referrals happen during the first warranty year. And customer follow-up out of Philadelphia, they do telephone surveys. They tell us that uh, 26% of builders lose their referrals during the warranty year because of slow or no follow-up on warranty wow. issues. I mean, it's just phenomenal the amount of money builders are leaving on the table because they don't realize the impact warranty service has on their reputation and their referrals. So getting that message through to personnel would be step one. And then giving them thorough understanding of how warranty actually works. Warranty is the most confusing, misunderstood aspect of the home building industry. And there's good reason for that because it's so complicated and there's so many contradictions and limitations and questions and issues to deal with. It's understandable that everybody's confused about it. However, the customer is not confused. He knows what he wants. He wants his house to function properly. And when it doesn't, he's not going to give you any referrals unless he gets good service on those things. So what should a client be looking for What's or what should a builder structure? What's a good warranty process? Good warranty process begins, in my view, with the salesperson introducing the topic of warranty during the selling process, ensuring the customer gets a copy of the warranty and the warranty guidelines when they sign their contract. And then at the pre-construction meeting and each other meeting we have with our buyers all the way through, company personnel allude to the warranty for some reason. If I'm a selections consultant, 
customer is picking a hardwood floor. I'm going to say, you know, let's take a moment, open this homeowner guide and read the entry on hardwood floor so that you will understand the maintenance responsibilities that come with this product and what the builder's warranty will cover on it for you. Those tiny little moments where we take 20 or 30 seconds to talk about the warranty and maintenance really help the customer get connected to this subject. We can take Mm -hmm. it all the way through to the orientation. And then before we close on the home, I love to see the builder offer to set the first warranty appointment. We'd like to come back and visit your home with you, you know, typically 30 to 60 days. We want to make certain it's living up to the standards we promised you it would. Can you put that on your calendar? We, we need 30 to 45 minutes of your time. Even mm-hmm. if the customer says, I can't schedule an appointment that far out, he's going to remember you offered. This changes the tone and the attitude that the buyer senses from the company about their warranty work. They seem interested. They seem eager. They seem like they want to take care of the customer in the house. That's that's great. Um, how can a client tell a builder has a good warranty program or system? I think the client needs to take the time to read the warranty document, take a good close look at the standards that back it up, Quite frankly, there is very little variation in the specific standards. You might see an eighth of an inch difference here and there if you go coast to coast. But generally speaking, you want to look for the level of detail. You also want to look at what kind of maintenance information the builder is providing because that indicates a thoughtfulness and a clarity of mind on the separation of responsibilities between the homeowner and the company. And then after that, I'm going to go knock on some doors and talk to some previous buyers who've worked with this builder and hear what kind of experience they've had. That's the absolute best way to find out. That's great. That's great info. Anything else um, builders should be thinking on the warranty side? Anything we didn't touch on? I think one of the other issues is that we want to make certain when we have a warranty repair visit that we have set some standards for behavior for that. And these standards can be put in writing. They can be very positive. Uh, it's not slapping anyone's wrist. It's just things like park your car in the street in front of the home where you're working, have a business card, introduce yourself review with the customer what work you're there to perform, ask them if they have any questions. It's little things like that. Make sure you protect surfaces from uh, dust or scraps from the work that you're doing. Clean up when you're finished. Ask the homeowner to look at the work you did and see if they have any questions. Those protocols for a warranty visit make the service visit itself seem to go very well. The customer is impressed and they feel good about what was finished in their home, and then they can go tell their friends what a great company you are. Yeah, that's great. Well, another thing you said, I remember this back from our consulting visit, you said to essentially that the warranty team set the table. So that warranty agent walks in the home with a checklist, something they can show the client, this is on your walkthrough, this is what I'm here to review. And that way it turns into less of like a punch list walk where you're just following the client around the home and they're complaining about things. Um, any other comments on that? Is that? I think it's essential for the builder to show up with an inspection checklist. It shows that you're serious about this meeting. It also relieves the home buyer of the responsibility of making a list. If the home buyer makes a list, he's going to go through the home room by room and list anything he sees that he disapproves of, including possibly some things he or his family have damaged. And as a result of that, you end up telling him no to some things. 
Whereas if you show up with a list, you're going through the home saying, hey, you know what, this, this doesn't meet our standards over here. We're going to work on this for you. And you're volunteering things. That puts you in a better position to turn down something they request that is a little bit um, exaggerated and, and an unnecessary repair. So I think it's a much better approach. It also matches the earlier meetings we've had. All of our routine meetings with customers all the way through the process, beginning with signing the contract, should have a written agenda so we don't forget any of the points we need to cover. Yeah, that's a great, great point. Um, what is one thing you see consistently builders can be doing better? I think they can be more communicative. They are so involved in the day-to-day of getting the home constructed, they often forget that there's a customer looking over their shoulder who, although he doesn't legally or financially own that home yet, he owns that home psychologically and emotionally. And Mm -hmm. we can't ignore that. With our consumers today, the emotional atmosphere around a transaction is more important than the physical quality of the product. Builders very often are unaware of that. And if they would only address that, their customer satisfaction would probably increase somewhere between 8 and 15% across the board. Wow. Yeah, that's a great. Um, yeah. Uh, Carol, what are you up to these days and where can people find you? They can find me at my home office in Colorado Springs. We are in the process of recording all of my classes. Each one will be a recording that will range from 45 minutes to maybe a little over an hour. They will be available on my website, and people can listen to them any time of the day or night they want by using their credit card. Uh, So that is my next adventure. Uh, Of course, with the virus going on, I'm not traveling as much, and consequently, I'm doing more online programs. This recording process is... uh, quite challenging and intriguing Mm -hmm. and I'm excited to get it done and make that product available very economically for builders worldwide. I will put it in the show notes, but what is the address of your website? My website is cjsmithhomeaddress.com. Great. Um, I also want to say um, if you are looking to become a builder, grow as a builder, I highly, highly recommend Um, either taking Carol's course or having her out if travel restrictions change in the future. Um, I can't make any guarantees here, but I would bet that the advice she's going to give you will save you in mistakes, headaches, and aggravation in the future. It's just, it's so, so worth it. Um, So yeah, be sure and look up her information. Thank you so much, Carol, for being on. It's a really a huge pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me and best wishes to you and all of your listeners. Thanks, Carol. Bye-bye. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening. And as always, thanks to Andrew Michael Metter for the music. Mm